You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. It steals our peace. It breaks down relationships. It, it feeds strife and division. And maybe here's the greatest challenge. If we don't properly deal with offense, it embitters our soul. It settles, it seeds something within us that's, that's unhealthy. You know, offense is like, is like a poison. If it's ingested, it creates internal problems that manifest in external ways. So offense is what? It's like poison that if ingested, creates internal problems that manifest in external ways. And that's why we've titled this new series. I'm actually kicking off a new series. Pastor Sam will pick this up next Sunday. But this new series is titled, Don't Drink the Poison. So when you see this symbol, I have a symbol on the screen. When you see this symbol on any container, what does it tell you? Danger, Danger right? It tells you that whatever's in the container is poisonous. So what you would, if you have young children, you would not keep something that had this symbol on it out on the counter or accessible. Why? Because you wouldn't want them to get to what's poison because what we know is if we ingest what's poison, there's the potential of not only physical harm, but maybe even death. I mean, there's a, there's a poison hotline you can call. If, if your children were to ingest some poisonous substance, you can dial the 1-800 hotline. For, so for those of you as parents or grandparents, have you ever had to dial the 1-800 number? Yeah, we, we have once with our children growing up. But what, because if we take in this poison, then there's the potential of danger. Well, this morning, I have here, if you're wondering what's... How many of you love science experiments? We're going to blow something up this morning. I have an unknown substance here that has this image. If you see this uh, bottle in front of me, it has the image of of the skull and the crossbone symbolizing a poisonous substance. So let's just say I randomly were to pick someone out of the audience this morning and say, hey, want to come up and take a drink of this? Like... Who would want to do that? Uh, Matt, 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 I, could, I guess we could just play this out. Any volunteers <laughs> want to take a drink of this substance? Well, if I were to invite you to come and, and, and take a drink of this bubbly stuff, um, not certain what it is, but if I were to invite you to come and take a drink of this, I, obviously you would say no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to ingest that poison into my system. And, and rightfully so. Why? Because it could be harmful for you. It could be harmful to your body. Yet this is what's interesting for me. On a daily basis, you and I take in the poison of offense. The reality, the reality of our lives is we all have to deal with this thing called offense. Now, the problem with offense, again, is it creates these, uh, this bitterness that can grow in our lives. And what ends up happening is, is we end up with, with strife in relationships. We end up with divided relationships. We end up with wrecked relationships. All because, all because we, we took in the poison. So just curious this morning, how many of you would say that you've had a situation in your own life where there was a point of offense that has ended a relationship? Come on, 
There's got to be more than three of us. This is church, right? And maybe there's been a point of offense. Somewhere in your life, there's been a point of offense where something happened. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was someone else's fault. But there was a point of offense that happened that wasn't properly responded to. And as a result of that, today you have a broken relationship. Could be in your family. Could be in the workplace. Could be a past friend. Could be a neighbor. Um, but the reality is, is we end, up, we end up with broken relationships all because of this issue of bitterness. There's this bitterness that's turned into animosity and forgiveness. And it, if, you, if you were to roll this back, it all began at a point where someone drank the poison, right? Where, where someone chose to hold on to an offense. Now, you've got to understand that this is the opposite. It's the opposite of God's way and the opposite of God's plan, we're going to get to Hebrews in just a moment, but in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, listen how this verse reads. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances, or we might say offenses, that you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Or we might say it like this, let it go as the Lord has let go of your offense. And what's interesting in this passage of Scripture is that it's actually qualified as to how we should forgive others. Scripture says, forgive as you have been forgiven. So let's, let's think about that for a minute. How has God forgiven you? I would suggest in at least three ways. First, he's forgiven you completely, Right? He, he didn't say, well, I, could, I can take care of all of this, but here's this one issue that I just, you know, we're going to have an issue with that. No, God, what? He forgave you completely. He, he let go of when you came and you repented, he gave you grace and he like wiped away all of your sin. Matter of fact, a scripture in Psalms says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So he's forgiven you completely. Get this. He's forgiven you continually, Right? How many of you know, it's not like you get saved and you don't mess up anymore. You get saved and you continue to stumble, right? So what God continues to give grace to us, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness continually. And then he forgives us unconditionally. In other words, Jesus didn't place conditions on our forgiveness. Listen, if anyone ever had the right to hold on to an offense, it would have been Jesus. I mean, think about this. Jesus was without sin, yet he was falsely accused and brutally crucified. And as he hung on the cross, what's interesting is he didn't demean, he didn't attack, he didn't criticize his adversaries, he didn't criticize the very ones who nailed him to the cross. In other words, he didn't take offense. This is what Jesus prayed to the Father. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. Rather than drinking the poison, what did Jesus do? He poured it out. I mean, that's a great model for us as we're processing life. Because this is what I can assure you as you're processing life, you're going to have to deal with, you're going to have to deal with this thing of offense. Matter of fact, if you have the blessing of relationship, you will have the opportunity of offense. Right? Go ahead and shake your head like this. It's true. In the marriage, any of your... If you're married here today, have you ever got offended at your marriage partner? Come on. He probably had reason to. It's true. Go ahead and help. Yeah. No elbowing, right? Hey, we're processing life with flawed people. 
That's the problem. And flawed people is going to offend you. At times it's un- unintentional. At times it may be intentional. But this is what I know. It'll happen. I, I would even say, if, a lot of you don't know me, but if you were to hang out with me long enough, this is what I can assure you. At some point I'm going to offend you. As much as I love you and you love me, this is what I know. At some point, it won't be intentional. I won't set out to offend you, but this is what I know. If you do relationship with me because I am a flawed, messed up man, saved by the grace of God, if you do relationship with me long enough, I'm going to offend you. Well, because it's the reality of doing life. It's the reality of us processing life in relationships. So if you have relationships, if you're married, if you have a family, if you have friends, if you have people you work with, then you're going to have to deal with offense. And how you respond to the offense determines whether you move forward with baggage or you move forward with freedom. Baggage or freedom. It really comes to your choice. Because at the end of the day, what do you control? You control how you respond. You can't control others, right? But what do you always have control over? How you respond. How do you respond to the point of it? If you choose to pour the poison out, if you choose to pour the offense out, then you can move forward free. But if you choose to drink the poison, if you choose to hold on to the offense, then you're going to move forward with baggage in your life. The, cho- the choice is yours, but, but what you have to know is that when you drink the poison of offense, it allows bitterness to grow in your soul. And then what happens is it'll manifest in your life in unhealthy ways. In other words, you don't just get offended and it goes away. You get offended and it shows up somewhere, sometime. It might show up in the marriage. It might show up in your work relationship. It might show up in a family relationship. It might show up in a relationship with your best friend. But listen, it will show up. If you don't properly deal with it. So that's why the author of Hebrews, directed by the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, gives us, I think, some great insight on how we deal with this this issue of offense. How we deal with the poison that comes our way on a daily basis. Because we're not talking about stuff like happens once a year. We're talking about opportunities every day for you to choose to drink the poison or pour it out. I mean, this is everyday stuff. So the author of Hebrews gives us some insight. So if you have your scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, reads like this. Make every effort to live at peace with all men, with all people. And to be holy without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Notice verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. What a powerful and pertinent passage of Scripture for our day and for our lives. And there's a couple of observations from this text that I want to pull out. The first is this. Notice in verse 14, the Scripture says, Make every effort to live at peace with or to be reconciled to. Make every effort. What do you think the author of Hebrews meant by that statement? Make every effort. What does that look like? So, so we're, we're talking now. I know it doesn't seem like we're talking, but we're having some interaction. What do you think? So your responsibility, if you're a follower of Christ, verse 14 says, make every effort. What do you think that looks like? Try hard. You try hard. Someone else. Exhaust all your options. 
Exhaust, I like that, exhaust all your options. Do what you can do. Yeah, because we can't make someone be reconciled, right? We can't make someone be in relationship with us. And at the end of the day, here's the good news. You're not going to have to stand before God in heaven and answer for me. But you will have to answer for you. And your response. Make every effort. In other words, exhaust all of your options. Do all that you can. Here's a second observation. Notice verse 15. Now, this observation is hidden a bit in the text. But verse 14 says, the NIV says, see to it, which I think is a weak translation of the original Greek text. The King James Version is actually much more accurate. The King King James Version reads like this. Look carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Look carefully. Now, what's interesting, that phrase, look carefully, the Greek word there is episkopos. Episkopos. Now, that Greek word, episkopos, used in other places in Scripture, refers to a bishop or an overseer. Look carefully. Episkopos. Overseer, bishop. What's the author of Hebrews telling us? This is what I think he's trying to communicate to us. Here it is. You're the bishop of your own soul. You're the overseer of your own heart. What does that mean? It means this. You can't control what other people do, what they say, how they respond. But what do you always have control over? It's this. You're the episcopos. You're the overseer. You're the bishop of your own heart, your soul. What does that mean? It means you have responsibility for what you allow to settle into your soul. Why? You're the overseer. You're the bishop. Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, you're the overseer of your soul. That's what the scripture is saying here. You're the overseer. You're the bishop. So what? You get to determine what comes into your life. Poison will come. Poison will be presented. But you don't have to drink the poison. Isn't that great news? Why? Because you're the bishop. You're the overseer. You're the one who has control over what you allow to go into your life. So I would encourage you this morning to train yourself because of that fact. You're the overseer of your soul. I would encourage you to train yourself to see every offense in two stages. Here's the two stages. Stage one is the feeling of offense. And stage two is the choice to live offended or not. Stage one is the reality of the hurt, the injury, the offense. It will happen and it's real. Listen, being offended, you get hurt. Someone says something that's cutting, a a comment that's hurtful, or if they respond in a way, offense is natural. It will happen. Why? Because we are emotional beings, right? So uh, offense is real. I'm not saying it's not real. It is real. Does it hurt? Yes, it hurts. That's stage one. Stage one is the feeling of offense. Stage two, though, is the choice that you have before you to be offended or not be offended. To internalize or not internalize. To drink the poison or to pour the poison out. Let me give you some facts about the poison of offense. I think they're there in your notes this morning. The the first is this. Offense is certain to happen. Listen, just as we can be be certain that the sun's going to come up in the morning, so we can be certain that we will get offended. Again, it's going to happen. Why? Look around the room. Go ahead and look around the room. What do you see? Some beautiful people who are messed up. (laughs) Are we okay with that? 
We're flawed. Saved by the wonder of God's grace. On our way to heaven. That's the hope that we live with. But until we get to heaven, what, we're, we're messed up. We're imperfect. We're challenged. And the Apostle Paul writes about this. I mean, think about it. If, if you think anyone would have it together, you would think the Apostle Paul had it together. Yet in Romans chapter 7, he says, the very things that I want to do are the things that I don't do. What's wrong with me? Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from this body of death? So the first, first fact we have to come to is offense is certain to happen. It is a natural emotion when someone, again, attacks you, when someone slanders you, when, when someone does something that, uh, that um, is a point of internal injury. What offense is, is real, but we get to determine, we get to determine how we respond to the offense. Just because you have the right to be offended doesn't mean that you should. We have the right, but it doesn't, doesn't mean that we have to. You have, you have the poison that's presented, but you don't have to drink the poison. Oh, we get to choose. Let me give you a couple examples of this. Uh, just last week, I was driving down the interstate, and um, I must have done something wrong. Now, I, I admit, you could, my wife's here this morning. You can ask her. I'm not a good driver. I get distracted. I'm looking for deer, and I'm looking at birds, and I, I, so I own the fact that I'm not a good driver. I own that. And I don't know what I did wrong. I must have done something wrong because there's a gentleman who came past me and he gave me the one finger salute with a glare on his face. Now, how many of you know, at that point, I could have drank the poison. At that point, I could have responded in the same way because I have one finger too, right? I, I could have drank the poison. But I chose not to. Actually, the thought that crossed my mind is, man, that guy must be having a bad day. I don't know what's happening. I, I mean, I, I've never seen him before, and maybe I'll never see him again. I, I don't know what he was processing in his life. But I thought, he's just having a bad day. But I was presented poison, and I chose not to drink the poison. Another situation that happened a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was in a meeting, and one of my peers said something that was attacking and cutting. Again, at that point, I could have drank the poison. At that point, I could have internalized the offense. But in any and every situation, hear me, friend, you get to determine how you respond. Again, are people going to offend you? Yes, they will. Are people in this congregation going to offend you? Yes, they will. Listen, I, I've been in church all my life. I was born on Wednesday. I was in church on Sunday for 55. I'm soon to be 56. 56 years I've been in church, and I've not found a perfect church yet. Even in this church, even in this body of believers, you're going to have an opportunity for, offen- for offense. But just because you've been offended, just because you have a right to be offended, doesn't mean that you should be offended. Because, again, we have a right. We have a right to choose. So anyone can give you the opportunity to be offended. But, again, you get to choose if you live offended. You get to choose how, how you respond. And people can present you with poison. But, again, you get to determine if you drink the poison. Let me tell you a couple of stories of two men that I know. The first man, gifted, educated, has the, has the ability to... To do business well. He, he's one of those guys that you just love hanging out with. He just kind of has that personality. 
But because of the color of his skin, he's had to face um, racial slurs. He's had to face unjust situations that someone like myself would never have to face. He's been overlooked for promotions not once but several times. Again, here's the issue, color of his skin. Yet this man, amazing, has this unbelievable attitude and outlook on life. This man, even in the midst of the offense and the adversities and like the deck being stacked against him, he continues to excel. Started his own business. He's blowing it out of the water. Did he have an opportunity to be offended? Sure he did. Plenty of times. But he chose not to drink the poison. And today, even in the midst of the points and places of offense, he's excelling in his life. Here's a story of another man who... Um, again, great talent, great ability, hard worker. Yet in this man's life, um, life's not happened the way he had hoped it would. Uh, there's been some points of injury and hurt. Some he created it on his own. Some that, um, that others brought his way. And for this man, he chose to drink the poison. Today... He's a bitter man, and if you were to look at his life, there's wrecked relationship after wrecked relationship after wrecked relationship. Why? Because he chose, chose to drink the poison. Two men, two similar situations, yet two completely different outcomes. Why? One chose to drink the poison, and the other chose to pour it out. It's a choice that you have. It's a choice that I have. And see, if you play the victim, you stay the victim. If you play the victim, if you hold on to the offense, then you find yourself stuck as the victim. And then what does it look like? It looks like the whole world's against you. Everyone's out to get you. You never win. You can never win. If you play the victim, if you drink the poison, then the problem is, is you find yourself trapped and you, and you stay the victim. Folks, the reality is, is you're going to be presented poison. I can guarantee you that. The reality is, is you're going to be wronged. I can guarantee you that. People's going to injure you intentionally and unintentionally. The big question, though, this morning is this. How are you going to respond? Are you going to drink the poison or pour it out? See, that's the power that you hold. You don't have to drink the poison. And the author of Hebrews, looking back to our text this morning, as I wrap this up, let me quickly give you some right responses when wronged. Because again, can we all agree that we're going to be wronged? Even by people who love us, right? We're all going to be wronged at some point. We're all going to have poison presented to us. So how do we rightly respond when we're wrong? Looking back to the text, the first thing is this. We want to work toward peace in every situation. Verse 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with all men or, or, or all people. Notice it doesn't say some people, but it says all people. I mean, that word all kind of includes like everything, right? <laughs> includes all people. That means like all of Statesville, right? It means all of your family members, even Uncle Bob, right? We all have an Uncle Bob in our family. It means all of the people in your workplace. Because there's some dysfunctional folks you work with, right? 
all of the people in your neighborhood. Make every effort to live at peace with all, with all people. And then Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it's possible, as it depends on you. So now we're taking, we're taking the emphasis off others and we're putting it on you. Because again, we're back to this simple truth. You can't control others, but you can control you. You can't control what others say or how others respond, but you can always control you. So as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So you should do everything you can or exhaust all of your options. To, to live at peace. So to, to work toward peace, I, I think there's three, three steps that are necessary. The, the first is, is you have to take the initiative to engage the person who wronged you in a conversation. In other words, you can't just bury it because oftentimes that's what happens. We get offended and we bury it, right? We internalize. We don't want to talk about it. But, you know, the first step is we've got to have a conversation. You know, oftentimes... I'm kind of like the make it happen. I'm always in like high gear moving forward. Again, I don't intentionally set out to offend people, but at times I do. And there's been times that I've offended people and I didn't even know I offended them. And they're carrying around this injury and I had no idea. The last thing I would want them to do is to be hurt, to be injured. That, that would, that, wow, that's not my heart at all. Yet it happened because of who I am. But because they didn't bring it up because we didn't have a con- If they would have brought the conversation up, I would have said, I'm so sorry. Wow, I didn't mean it that way. Or I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't want you to take it that way. That's not, that's not what I was trying to achieve. But we never had the conversation. So the first step, if we're going to live at peace in the places of offense, in the places where we've been hurt, we've got to be willing to engage in conversation. I think the second step is this. Attack the problem, not the person. Because when there's offense, and we've got to have the conversation, if we're not careful, we attack the person. And when we attack the person, what do they do? They get defensive, right? They bite back, right? This morning, I went down to the hen house, and I have a hen that's sitting on a nest, and she didn't want to get off the nest, and I was trying to get her off the nest, and she was like pecking me. And she was attacking me because I was messing with her. Hey, oftentimes, what happens is when we, when we uh, attack the person, what they bite back. They get defensive. So don't attack the person as we're trying to work for peace. Well, we won't attack the problem. There is a problem, Right? There's an offense. There's a problem. Let's attack the problem, not the person. I think the third step at working toward peace is this. Seek to resolve the offense through forgiveness. Through forgiveness. It's interesting. The word forgiveness literally means this. It means let it go. What's forgiveness mean? Let it go. What are we going to do? We're going to let the offense go. Not going to hold on to it. Because if we hold on to it, we can't reconcile. If we hold on to it, we, we can't get to peace. What, so we're going we're gonna to let it go. So forgiveness is a part of this working toward peace in every situation. So when we're wronged, we, we need to do what? We need to work. We need to work toward peace. We need to address the offense. The, the second directive that Hebrew 12 gives us is this. Choose to take the high road and give grace. 
someone offends you, someone says something that hurts you, someone acts in a way that creates injury in your heart. What do we want to do? We want to take the high road of grace. Notice verse verse 15 says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. The grace of God. So just as we've been given great grace that forgives us of every offense, of every sin, so we should give grace to others. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, Jesus said this, freely you have received, freely give. Free. How many of you know we freely receive grace? Listen, there's not a soul in the room today who work for grace. If you work for it, it's not grace. Freely you've received grace. Freely you receive forgiveness. Listen, you didn't, you didn't have to beg and barter to have your sins forgiven. Can I get an amen on that? What, what did, you were given grace. Grace that completely brought uh, forgiveness in your life. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. Freely give grace. You know, one of the things I've noticed about us humans, even the ones living in Statesville, is that we love to receive grace, but we can get stingy when it comes to giving grace. We love grace when it's coming our way. But at times we can get stingy when it comes to giving grace to others. Freely we receive, freely give. So to give grace means that we choose to believe the best, not the worst. In situations of offense. Have you noticed that your brain has this weird tendency that when you get offended, that there's this little thing that plays out in your mind and you have a tendency to believe the worst, not the best. And when, especially in close relationships in the church world that I live in with staff and elders and leaders, when, when someone offends me, one of the first things I do is I remind myself of who this is like this is Lynn Lynn loves me he wouldn't intentionally offend me I I choose to believe the best not the worst that's grace he grace gives others um it, it has the better outlook of others and that's what it looks like to, to give grace. To give grace means that we choose to make room or place for people's flawed humanity. In other words, we realize that people like us make mistakes. So I just live with that in mind. That in this process of me doing life with a lot of people, they're all messed up. So what does that mean? They're going to mess up. So that I just need to be ready to give grace. And they need to give grace to me. Well, because I'm messed up like them. That's what it means to, to give grace. To give grace means that, that we choose to let go of the offense rather than hold on to the offense. So when other people offend you, and they will, choose to take the high road and give grace. You know, marriages thrive with grace. Isn't that true? Family relationships thrive when there's grace. Church relationships thrive when, when there's grace. Grace that forgives. Grace that chooses to, to believe the best in others. So choose to take the high road and give grace. And then here's a, a third directive that Hebrew gives us about right responses when wrong. It's this. Don't allow the offense to create bitterness. Because if it's not dealt with, if it's not addressed, if it's internalized, again, it's like drinking the poison. 
Listen, if you drink the poison and you get sick, we would say, well, why did you drink the poison? That's stupid, right? Not that you're stupid. I wouldn't say that. But it's stupid that you would drink the poison. You, you think you're going to drink the poison and not get sick? There's a reason that it has the skull and the crossbones. What it's telling you, don't drink it. Don't ingest it. Don't take it, don't take it into your, your body. Well, in the same way, don't allow offense to settle into your heart. And verse 15 says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. And notice that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. You know, if a person does something or says something that has the potential to offend us, God holds us responsible for how we respond to that. Not them. God's going to deal with them. But he's going to hold you responsible for how you respond to that situation. So again, we're not able to control what others do or say. But, but we are able to control what goes on inside of us. We get to determine whether we drink the poison or we don't drink the poison. So if you're going to get over the offense and walk free, then you must start by accepting responsibility for your own heart. Because again, you are the bishop. Hebrews is telling us here, you're the bishop. You're the, you're the overseer of your own heart. You're responsible for what materializes inside of your heart. You're the only one with the authority to permit bitterness, resentment, and forgiveness to take root and grow in your heart. You. Because again, I'm back to this simple truth. I can't control what others say or do. What I can control is whether I drink the poison or not. Whether I allow this bitter root to grow up. And the the scripture says here to to cause trouble and, and to defile many. So if someone intentionally or unintentionally sows bad seed in your life that offends you or injures you, listen, don't allow the seed to take root. To create bitterness. And we can, we can control what, what we allow to grow in our hearts and our spirit. So again, you will be offended. You will be presented the poison. But you don't have to drink the poison. You're the bishop, the bishop of your heart. So don't allow offense to grow into a place of bitterness. Now, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of crazy. But to live offended is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Isn't that crazy? You're drinking the poison, and you're expecting it to hurt someone else. But it's not. It's only injuring you. So rather than drinking the poison offense, what do we need to do? We need to pour it out. Now, the choice not to take offense is a choice for a healthy soul peaceful mind and a blessed life this is what God has for us but to experience this in your life what do you have to do you have to pour the poison out because this is what I know probably before this day is out probably before the day's out someone's going to present some poison to you certainly it's going to happen this next week what are you going to do you're going to be presented something like this and you have the option I can drink the poison or I can pour it out. I can live offended or I can be the bishop, the overseer of my heart. I can guard my heart. I don't have to internalize 
what others say or what others do. See, if you're going to live free, if you're going to live out the fullness of life that God has for you, if you're going to experience His joy, His peace, and the fullness of life He has, you can't drink the poison. And we're living in a culture right now, if you've not noticed this, we're living in a culture where people are constantly drinking the poison. That's why people are so upset. People are so uptight. You just go on social media, read a few posts. Man, people are drinking the poison. Spewing it out. Strife. We have broken relationships. We have division. And get this. It's not just in the world. It's in the church. Why? We've been drinking the poison. Rather than being the bishop, the overseer of our soul. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning. Lord, first for the wonder of your grace. Your grace that forgives. Your grace that heals. Your grace that restores. Your grace that continues to seek us out. God, we're grateful for your grace. And Lord, what I know is that as we're processing life, in relationship, Lord, even with people we love and people who love you. Lord, there's the opportunity for offense. And Holy Spirit, I I just pray that you would help us. Help us pour the poison out instead of drinking the poison. Because Lord, what I know is in life, pretty much every day, we're presented the poison. And and we get to choose whether we drink it or whether we pour it out. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us. Give us discernment and understanding as to the damage and the danger of drinking the poison. How it creates internal problems that manifest in external ways. Holy Spirit, give us discernment in that. And and again, may we be able to pour the poison out rather than taking it in. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly, possibly you're here this morning and you would be honest enough to say, I've drank the poison you would be honest enough to say I've been living offended I've been playing the victim can I tell you that's not God's plan for your life he has freedom he has better plans you don't have to live offended you can live free I I would just want to pray for you this morning that today would be a turning point today would be a defining moment today would be the day where you would say I'm choosing to pour the poison out I'm choosing to let go of the offense maybe it's what someone said to you maybe it's what someone's done to you maybe it's something that happened 25 years ago and you've been hanging on to it and it's created bitterness in your life and you wonder what is Why do you keep having wrecked relationships? Why are you angry all the time? Why are you? 
such internal turmoil. Could it be you've been drinking the poison? If that's you today, listen, friend, let it go. Is there anyone who would just say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. Amen. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting it go today. Three, four people, I'm letting it go. Pouring out the poison. God, I thank you that your, your grace restores. Lord, when we're willing to let it go, when we're willing to pour it out, Lord, it, it was real, it was painful. It created injury. It created hurt. But Lord, today, we're choosing to let it go. We're choosing to pour out the poison. Lord, thank you for how you're going to heal and restore. Because God, when we let it go, when we truly release it, God, it's then that you can do your restoring work in our lives. So Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, again, I I pray not only for myself, but all of my friends here today. May we be those who choose to live not offended. And we're living in a culture today where everyone's offended. But Lord, may we be different. And that we would choose not to be offended. Lord, matter of fact, I I, I would pray that a response would be, you can't offend me. Because I refuse to be offended. I refuse to drink the poison. And Lord, in that, and may we see relationships thrive. In that, may we honor you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? We have prayer teams. If you would like to talk with someone, pray with someone. Um, maybe you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Um, and we would love to talk with you about that. I'll be available for the next couple minutes. And there's others that will be available. If you have a physical need, financial need, relational need, listen, we believe that God is able. We pray bold prayers. Why? Because God's able. So if you have a need, we would love to talk with you, pray with you before you head out. But let me uh, just pray a blessing on you and for you as you go into this week. Lord, thanks for this awesome group of folks as they go into their week. God, I pray your favor, your blessing, your goodness. Lord, may it surround them. May it overflow them. And Lord, as you bless us, and I know you will because you're good, may we be those who choose to live our life as a blessing to others. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.